born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Well, anyway, it's good to see y'all. What are we going to talk about today? Prophecy. Do you like prophecy? You can mention the word revelation. Oh, I love revelation. But uh, there's a lot of things in Revelation just kind of difficult to understand. But we'll look at a few things. Have you ever wondered whether or not, what if in the middle of the tribulation period, a Christian takes the mark of the beast? Wouldn't that be terrible? Then the Christian has to go to hell? The smoke of his torment ascendeth up forever and ever? Wouldn't that be bad news? That'd be bad news. But look there in the book of Revelation chapter 13. Let's just look at a couple things in Revelation 13. You know that when we talk about the day of the Lord coming back in power and great glory, we're, we're talking about the seven-year tribulation period. This is when Christ comes back right here. So when he comes back uh, in power and glory, he's going to deal with the Antichrist. And the, uh, the false prophet. And he's going to set up his kingdom. So that's what's going to take place. But until then, there's some things that happens in this seven-year tribulation period that's uh, pretty bad. Now, we covered last week. Or I thought it was last week. Maybe it wasn't last week. I didn't speak in Sunday school last week. You did. Yeah. But we had talked about the, uh, you know, the... Antichrist taken over in the middle of the tribulation period. And if you'll notice here in Revelation chapter 13, in verse 5, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things, and blasphemy and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months, which is three and a half years. All right, we covered that. Now you have where it says in verse 7, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints. And to overcome them. So we know that during the tribulation period and in the last half of the tribulation period, there must be a multitude of people that trust Christ as their Savior and that the Antichrist is going to overcome them. I believe he's going to kill them. And you find in the first three and a half years as he takes power, and there's a, a scene in, when he opens the sixth seal in chapter uh, 6. What it talks about those people that are in heaven says, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell upon the earth? And he says, Rest yet a little while until your brethren uh, should be killed, you know, as you were. So there's a lot of people who were killed during the first half, 
there's going to be a lot of them killed in the last half. And so it makes this statement here in verse 8. Now, get verse 8 because it's very important. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are, get this, not written in the book of life. So those who have their names written in the book of life is those that have trusted Christ as their Savior. I believe there's two sets of books. The book of the living, when everybody's born into the world, and they're judged out of the book of the living. Those who trust Christ as Savior is the book of life, the Lamb's book of life. And he will not blot your name out of the Lamb's book of life, but it can out of this book because it's when you die. And then when you stand before the judge, and he says, those who go to hell are those that whose names were not written in the Lamb's book of life. So even here in verse 8 it says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, except those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So those who have their names written in the Lamb's book of life must be the believers, wouldn't you say? So then the believers are not going to worship the Antichrist. But anyway... It lets you know that there is a separation, that there is a difference. And so, take your Bible and look there now in chapter 14. In fact, chapter 14, you'll notice in verse 9, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the... And here's that phrase, the wrath of God. Remember, the last three and a half years is the great tribulation. It's called the wrath of God. It's when God is pouring out His wrath upon the earth. He's not pouring out His wrath upon His children, but it is allowing the devil to pour out His wrath upon the nation of Israel. And so he's trying to destroy or annihilate the Jewish people. And he says, so he's pouring out His judgment upon uh, the, the wrath of God upon them. Now look what he says in verse 11. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. But remember, the other verse lets you know these are those that have not had their names written in the Lamb's book of life. And I do believe that that is critical. I believe that's an important issue to remember. Now, you'll notice also up there in verse 19. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. Then you look in chapter 15 in verse 1. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues. Now, these seven last plagues are these seven bowls of judgment. Like it's a bowl and it's full of judgment and God's pouring it out upon the earth in different places, you know. So there's seven angels who have a bowl and they're pouring out the judgment of God. So this is during the last half, I believe, of the tribulation period, which is the worst period of time that the world has ever known. And so he says here, For in them, in verse 1 of chapter 15, is, the, is filled up the wrath of God. Now, all the way down, you find out, leaving down in verse 7, where it says, And one of the four beasts gave uh, unto the seventh angel seven golden vials full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. So these judgments are going to be poured out upon the earth. Remember, the Antichrist takes over in the middle, and then everything comes unglued.
The devil is angry and God is angry. And buddy, you talk about this is a showdown. And it's going to culminate at the Battle of Armageddon. So we know all this is coming, but look there in verse 1 now of chapter 16, where it says, And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. So you see in verse 2, pours out upon the earth, and there's a noisome, grievous sore. Verse 3 talked about the sea, and verse 4 about the rivers, and so forth. So as you read the book of Revelation, you'll notice two things. There is a human perspective and a divine perspective. You'll see things from God's viewpoint and the angels doing what they're doing, like you had a ring side seat in heaven, and then you see it from man's point of view, and they don't see all the things that are going on behind the scenes, kind of like it is now. Do you believe that there's angels in this room? Have you seen any? Then how do you know they're there? How do you know they're there? You can't see them. I only believe what I can see. Have you ever heard from my dad? If I can't see it, I don't believe it. Well, like it. Do you have a brain? I'd use that on the man one time. He said, I don't believe anything I can't see. I said, you got a brain? He thought you smarty. <laughs> he knew I had trapped him. But anyway, uh, you just do that with people who are trying to be smart with you. That's all. Otherwise, you don't do that to sweet little old ladies that are, you know, anyway. But uh, outside of that, there, you know, it's okay. Fair game. Um, but you're pouring out these bowls of judgment upon the earth. And there's angels behind the scene that's doing these things. And with the natural man, it just looks like, you know, it's just a coincidence. These things are just happening. There's a God behind the scenes. I believe that there, I have a guardian angel, maybe four or five of them. I mean, I need extra protection. And the Lord protects me. I believe I got angels. And um, every once in a while, when I get to going too fast down the road, he even goes down there and taps the cop on the shoulder and says, now catch him when he comes by, slow him down. And, uh, but we never know how all of this works, only that uh, we are the heirs of, you know, this inheritance that uh, God has given to us. And you'll see a little bit of that in the book of Hebrews in chapter 1. Now, so as you go down through here, you find out, yes, the Antichrist takes over, and there's the beast and the false prophet, and they work together in harmony, but the one hates the other, but they need each other. And the political head doesn't like the religious, but they need each other, and so the religious head rides the beast, but we'll get into that at another time. Now, I want you to go all the way back now to the book of Daniel, all the way back here to the book of Daniel. So turn in your Bible to the book of Daniel. And start there in verse, uh, chapter 7, in chapter 7. Uh, chapter 7 talks about Daniel having a, a dream and saw four beasts coming up out of the, out of the sea. And, and that uh, says in verse 17, these are four beasts which shall arise. So I believe it was after Babylon. So that would make four. And uh, one of them was during the time of uh, the Roman Empire, which was at that time when John was here and wrote the book of Revelation, and when Christ was here. But you'll notice in verse 9, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days. Now you'll see that's also mentioned in verse 13, the Ancient of Days, which I believe is a reference to the Lord. 
did sit whose garment was white as snow, the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like a fiery flame and his wheels as a burning fire. And all these things talking about here. And he saw 10,000 times thousands and so forth. And the judgment was set. The books were open. I think this is somebody that's in charge. And this is taking place during, I believe, during this tribulation period. So there's the Lord orchestrating his will upon the people because of their treatment of Israel and their treatment of Jesus Christ. And so judgment is coming. And then he makes a statement there in verse 13. I saw in the night vision and behold, one like the son of man came with the clouds of heaven, came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people and nation and languages should serve him. And it says, his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom which shall not be destroyed. So Jesus Christ is going to come back. Now he mentions all these kingdoms that are coming, and, but they, they pass off the same. Jesus is going to come and he's going to have a kingdom and it will not pass off the scene. It will be an everlasting kingdom, an everlasting dominion. And he says it's going to take place. Now, as you go down through here and you read some of these things, uh, it kind of gets you a little interested. But understand that last beast who has these ten horns, these ten kings that come together and give their power to this last power. Uh, I do believe that there's a lot that's going to be in the book of Revelation and mentioned in the book of Daniel having to do with like the area of the Medes and the Persians uh, because of Iraq and Iran. Uh, they were talking last night on the news about we're getting a nuclear agreement with Iran. I don't believe none of it. I mean, just from what I've seen in the past and what I believe is going on now, I have no confidence in it. Just find out where Israel stands, and that will probably be the best place to stand. Israel is not going to like it, I don't believe. I haven't talked to them. They haven't called me up lately, but I just don't believe it. But anyway, uh, when you look in these things here, look in verse 18. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. So even though this is going to be for a thousand years, it's going to be in the new heavens and the earth forever and ever and ever and ever. No end to it. And it says in the book of Luke, the increase of his kingdom, there will be no end. So that is what is coming. Now, what I also want you to see, look there in verse 21. In verse 21, where it says, uh, look, look at verse yeah, 21. I beheld and the same horn made war with the saints. So you find when he talks about the last power that makes war with the saints, the ten toes, when he says, and in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. So it's these last world power that's going to be set up upon the earth. And they are going to give their power to this beast and they are going to have an all-out assault upon God's people. It is anti-Christ. If it's anti-Christ, it's anti-Christian. There is a move on with the spirit of the anti-Christ to totally wipe away 
God out of our society, the Bible out of our society, the church out of the society. They don't want anything to do with Christianity. And that's going on now. And they're getting to the place where even the, um, the Muslims want the United Nations to pass more laws saying it is a crime to say anything against Mohammed, against the religion of that peaceful religion of Islam. And it becomes a crime. So Christians, just by doing right, you're going to be wrong. Anyway, look what he says here again. In verse 21, where it says, I beheld in the same horn, made war with the saints, and prevailed against them. So that means that in the beginning of the tribulation period, toward the middle, so the Christians are going to be killed. This is not going to be a beautiful day for the believers. Though the Bible also says they shall be strong and do exploits. In other words, some of God's people are going to be shining bright and doing great things. And uh, that part I would like to be involved in. This other beheading part, I don't really look forward to something like that. I'll let Gary Stephan or some of you others, you know, y'all can hang around here and get involved in some of those things. But look what he says here. And he prevails against the people, and get this, until, in verse 22, until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. So this is in harmony with other scriptures, that whether you're in chapter 2 or chapter 7 here, chapter 8, Chapter 11, you're in the book of Revelation. It's all talking about there is a time when the Christians lose their lives. But they win because of the resurrection and we will possess the kingdom. God's people will win. So you always know that. Even in your daily life, there's a lot of things the devil may win. Oh, little skirmishes here and there. But you don't want him to win the whole war, the whole battle. I mean, even when a man gets in the ring and gets a fight, and he might get knocked down once in a while, but he ought to get up and try to win the fight. We don't quit. But what, whether you quit or not and stop serving God depends on what you know, what you really believe. So he says here, they will possess the kingdom. Then look down in verse 24. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings. They shall arise and another shall arise after them. So you know that you're talking about this last world power. In chapter 2, it talks about the image of the beast, the last one in the days of these kings. Well, when it comes against the saints, well, this is in that last world power. Now, notice what he says in verse 25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High. Well, this is Revelation 17. This is Revelation chapter 13. Out of his mouth, he will have a lot of blasphemies against God and against God's people. And he takes over by lies, deceiving. And look in verse 25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. In other words, the wear out means mainly in a mental sense trying to brainwash. Do you believe... I know you have to. If you listen to the news media today, if you even listen to the president administration, it's brainwashing. It's not truth. If you tell a lie long enough, the lie becomes the truth. And people will believe the lie. 
And so they will believe the lie because it must be the truth. Because they repeat the thing over and over and over and over again. And I guarantee you that if you want to keep your present health insurance, you can. I mean, would I lie to you? So anyways, we're moving on along. Look what he says. And the last part of verse 25 says, wear out the saints of the Most High. Now, we know that the saints of the Most High, eventually we win. Because, you know, this is taking place in the seven-year tribulation period. Right at that, we win. But now look what he says there. And think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time, that's one year, times two years, Dividing of time, that's half a year. How long is that? Three and a half years. You see why when you read the book of Revelation, it explains all of this because it, 42 months, 42 months, 42 months. Well, how long is 42 months? It just happens to be three and a half years. And so when you see that, then look in verse 27. And the kingdom and dominion and greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And all dominion shall serve and obey Him. So, do we have anything to be upset about? Not really. There's things that's going to happen in our world we're not going to be able to change and stop. But the best thing we can do is just keep doing like we're doing. Just keep doing what we're doing. Because don't we believe that what we're doing is what God wanted us to do? Then let's just keep doing what we're supposed to do. Just keep winning people to the Lord. And you may not change a lot of things. Just keep winning. It's changing some people's destinies. We may not reach everybody. We're going to reach some. And little by little. Betty called me up yesterday and she says, they went, I don't, I don't even know where they went. They went someplace. Anyway, she got to talking to a Jewish guy. And so she was talking to this Jewish guy and... Uh, Evidently, he was a, a nice guy and very friendly guy. But she said by the time she got through, he trusted the Lord. And I thought, that is so neat because you don't usually just win a Jewish man to the Lord too quickly. But if they make the gospel clear and they make it simple, it's amazing how many people can believe it. Because the gospel makes sense if you listen. If you make it simple and clear. What complicates it is when you add one work. That's a whole new can of worms. One work. Now it becomes hard because you've got to perform this one, th- whatever it is, whatever religion says, it's so much easier if you just, hey, it's free. It's free. Yeah, God loves you that much. Yes, it's free. And just stay there. But we know that this is coming. Now, I want you to look at this. Look in chapter 8 of the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, he's talking about, you'll see it mentioned over and over again, the times of the end, the time of the end, the the abomination, the desolation that's spoken of, and that's in chapter 9, but talks about the covenant, this covenant that's going to be made. And we know that the Antichrist is going to set up. Now look in verse 24, and you'll notice that some of these things are Mentioned over there in chapter 13 of Revelation where it is the devil behind the scene that gives this man this power. And then those nations voluntarily give themselves to this last power. But look what he says here in verse 24. And his power 
shall be mighty, but not by his own power. So there's going to be the Antichrist. But somebody is behind the scenes going to give him this power. And if you'll read chapter 13 when he says this beast that comes up out of the sea. And it is the devil that gives him his power. And then he talks about the people in the various nations will voluntarily give them his power. They will submit to his rule. So this is what's coming. But this is mentioned in the book of Daniel. But it was sealed. The book of Revelation is like a key that unlocks it. Oh, because that's what it's talking about. So we look in verse 24. But not by his own power, and he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper and practice. And shall, get this, you ought to underline this in your Bible. Shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. Well, isn't that what we've been reading about, what he's going to do? Yes. He is coming. And in verse 25, and through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. He shall magnify himself in his heart and by, see those two words, by peace. Remember the first part of the tribulation period is peace and safety. And then the last part of the tribulation period is sudden destruction. Peace and safety. Sudden destruction. So he takes over by promising peace and security. What is two things that Israel wants? Peace and security. Well, lo and behold, that's what they're going to do. They're going to make a covenant. And so he says here, By peace shall destroy many, and he shall also stand up against the prince of princes. But he shall be broken without hand. Now, I believe it means without any man laying a hand on, God's going to do all of this. Because when he comes back in power and glory, the sharp sword goes out of his mouth. And uh, there's not much to the battle of Armageddon. But this is going to take place. And so when you know certain verses here go to certain places in the book of Revelation, uh, then you can sort of look a little bit before and a little bit after. And it looks like there could be between... You know, the Medes and the Persians coming back to power again. When you read chapter 17, chapter 18 talks an awful lot about Babylon. Babylon is supposed to be totally wiped off in prophecy, but it's never happened yet. There's still places in Babylon, Iraq, that are growing. Even Saddam Hussein has had about 30-something palaces all over the country. And they even had one in Babylon. So, you see, there is a possibility that in the last days it could come back to a great power. And when you take the Medes and the Persians and you take Iraq and Iran, you put them all together, you're talking about who's the main people that we're concerned about today in our world, you know, global security? Well, it's Iraq and Iran. They're all problems. And then... I think it was uh, somebody that says the actions of evil, and it was uh, Syria, and Iran, North Korea. Well, all of these are coming together. And uh, Russia is, is kind of like a manipulating some of these nations, and they are lining up with Russia. 
I don't trust Russia. I don't trust China. I don't trust Obama. I don't trust him either. I don't trust Iraq. I don't trust Iran. You see, unless you are a godly godly individual that's walking the walk and talking the talk, I just don't have a, well, a compelling desire to trust Him. Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making Him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.